Summertime's almost here and you need something to keep your party cool. Party songs! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Metal Shop Podcast with me, Big Frog. Me, Mike Castleberry. And this week we are going for party songs. All right, I figured, you know, we're, we're going to be, we're coming up on, on the summer in a little bit. I know it's barely spring for most people, but I'm looking ahead. People are getting vaccinated left and right, so it looks like we're going to actually be able to have a cool summer this year. Mm-hmm. And what better thing to talk, you know, fucking party songs, man. I'm vaxxed and on the attack. like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, uh, party songs kind of co- cover, could cover a lot of years, could cover a lot of uh, different, like, niches of, of the genre and stuff. So it'll be fun. And like you said, um, party time is coming back. You know, it's all going to be good here in a few months. So we're going to start in with the um, party songs, but first we're going to go with the metal news. Dun, 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 dun. And I guess we'll start with that Iced Earth guy. Jesus. <laughs> the first snitch. Yeah. The first, he's going <laughs> to he's gonna snitch on the, on the other guys and uh, he's going to get, you know, less time or whatever, but they're still talking about he could get three or four years. So yeah. that's a, that's a pretty fucking good little stretch for what he probably thought was gonna be nothing you know yeah. i don't know why he would think that but it is what it is yeah well he figured he's white and like a fucking bootlicker you know they they fucking suck off the cops until they want to fucking attack the capital and right shit like that and then they beat a fucking cop to death and you know, they're they're talking about, you know, oh, kneeling is a disgrace to the flag. And they got motherfuckers beating up cops with American flags and shit. And right. Which is a weird fucking position to put me in. I don't like any time I'm fucking rooting for cops. You yeah. Know? You know, the funny thing is, is that they think that, you know, like being a cop puts you on one side or the other. And sometimes it does. But for some of those dudes, 
they just they you know they just couldn't get some other job and they're just trying to do whatever they're told and they don't give a fuck what you're doing you got to fucking stay behind the barrier you know and that's all they fucking yeah. that's all they care about and these motherfuckers did not stay behind the barrier so um you know iced earth as a band what you know i they, i was never really a big fan um uh the dude i don't even know his name but I was a John Schaefer, yeah, something like that. Yeah, they there's some good guitar work on those on those albums. I I'm not gonna lie, you know, there there's there's some talent on there or whatever. Um, but you know, I mean, this would definitely lessen the chances that I would ever go see them or anything like that. Um, just like Ted Nugent or whatever, you know, um, totally cop to the fact that he's talented he's a great guitar player and all that you know i i feel like if i just you know went in oh and then on top of that he sucks that would kind of fuck with my credibility you know what i mean yeah. because obviously he could play so you know it is what it is um on the other fucking ted nugent also was in the news real quick because he was at a political rally and uh somebody who has a comedy show of some type or whatever was in the audience and decided to start heckling his ass and saying, shut up and strum, you know, uh, what a bunch of, uh, stuff in, um, <laughs> and so Ted threatened to turn him into a uh, bear bait and, uh, all kinds of things and, and had him removed or whatever. But, you know, I guess, uh, that's another, uh, another thing. I don't want to get too political about any of this shit because, you know, it's music. Um, yeah. but, um, uh, well, it is what it is. And that is the metal news. Well, yeah, good news is you got three to four years to decide whether or not you'll ever see ice earth. And- <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> unless they, unless they hire a new, a new rhythm guitarist that wrote all the songs, you know, mm. um, ice earth was one of those, like, I was never a huge, huge, huge fan, mm. but they were, gonna make because i'd been keeping a list for a little bit for whenever we decided to do the the second riffs episode mm-hmm. like i started on that after we did the first one uh iced earth was on that and then mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that shit happened and i'm like man i don't want to make a pun about it but these motherfuckers were on thin ice with me to begin with right uh, <laughs> so they don't make the episode and and we're not gonna throw their riff in there uh, so I'm not even going to say the specific riff I had on my list either, because I don't think they deserve it at this point. But just know that, you know what, John Schaefer of Eister, you could have been on our podcast for the second riffs episode that, you know, upwards of 45 people listen to. Yeah. But you had to go raid the Capitol. And now yeah. you're on- <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that'll be pretty high on his list of regrets. Yeah, well, it should be. <laughs> yeah. We'll blow up any day now. Yep. In other um, more somber metal news, Exodus drummer Tom Hunting has been diagnosed with stomach cancer. He's going to go in for uh, chemo and all that. The form of stomach cancer that he has seems to be pretty bad. The survival rates are not fantastic. So hopefully they caught it in time and they'll be able to... uh, to do that, and Exodus can get back on the road. They are delaying the release of their album in hopes that he'll be better by the time they release it so they could go on tour immediately after. In other words, they don't want to release it and then wait and see, you know? So 
you know, best best wishes to um, Exodus and their drummer Tom Hunty. Yeah, I mean, I don't know too many uh, preferable forms of stomach cancer to get, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like many. I don't think there's like any form of stomach cancer that has a good survivability rate. Yeah, I mean, it's not like pancreatic cancer that like that shit. That's a death sentence. Yeah, you're gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, like knock on wood that maybe, maybe uh, some that he's able to pull through. Some good happens for him, but uh, yeah, so. yeah. So uh, one thing that we predicted it was that um, over this pandemic time, quarantine time, people would be working on albums, and sure enough, we're gonna have new albums coming out by Blaze Bailey. Primal Fear, Cannibal Corpse, Marty Friedman, The Offspring, Greta Van Fleet, and Motorhead has a new live album coming out called Louder Than Noise, recorded in Berlin in 2012, obviously with the last lineup. 2012, so they were going strong at that time. So I'd be interested to hear it. You know, I mean, of course, it's going to be the same songs, you know, but hey, if you're a Motorhead fan then you you can appreciate, you know, the different nuances of the different performances and, uh, you know, the different energies that they have. Well, that's the thing. It might not be kind of the same shit you always hear when you see Motorhead because uh, let me ch- let me pull up a set list real quick. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, this is 2012 Berlin. So if you, yeah. So it might be, um, it might be more of the, the uh the classics because it's like a in berlin or something but when i saw them in um 2011 at the house of blues they had a lot of songs from a lot of different albums they Mm. had three from overkill two from ace of spades two from motorizer two from the world is yours and then one from 1916 one from another perfect day one from bomber one from inferno one from Kiss of Death, one from No Remorse, one from Rock and Roll, one from We Are Motorhead. And the set list when I saw them that the so there's a year before they recorded this was, you know, We Are Motorhead, Stay Clean, Get Back in Line, Metropolis, Over the Top, One Night Stand, Rock Out, Thousand Names of God, I Got Mine, I Know How to Die, The Chase is Better Than the Catch, In the Name of Tragedy, Just Cause You Got the Power, Going to Brazil. Then killed by death in Ace of Spades. Well, that is a very different set list. Yeah, they were they played a lot from their many different eras and a lot over the you know, and this was the I want to say it was the World Is Yours tour. Mm. So that was their most recent album they had put out at the time, and that was like uh, Get Back in Line, I Know How to Die. So they were doing stuff from like the two thousands and shit like that. Like they actually, it's. It's a trip because they opened with We Are Motorhead, Mm -hmm. uh, but they didn't play the actual song Motorhead. Hmm. So I got to imagine stuff like that Motorhead will be on it. But I'm just saying there is a very good chance that it could be a lot of different tracks from later albums on that to kind of give it more flavor. Kind of like how when you get like a a new Judas Priest live Mm -hmm. album, it has a bunch of shit off of, you know, the stuff from uh, Rob rejoining because it's like, well, we already got the old stuff on... uh, previous ones and there's going to be a couple of the hits in there but it's going to be a lot of newer material on it so right 
it'll be interesting. Well, I guess we can report on that set list when that drops. Totally. I wonder if uh, you know how the German the German government basically made Kiss change their logo when they played there because the Kiss logo mm-hmm. looked too SS or whatever. I wonder if they had any issues with any of um, Lemmy's garb because he gets pretty close to some of those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, him and his damn Nazi memorabilia yeah. that he was really into. Yeah, I mean, they're huge in Germany, though, so I I guess he's showing the love back. That's such a weird thing. Like, people are always like, that's that, that's that questionable part of Lemmy's yeah background where people are always like whoa what the fuck he collected nazi shit and it's like it didn't seem like he was into nazis but it was like world war ii memorabilia and that was the coolest looking stuff or whatever yeah i mean it did i would hugo boss make the fucking uniforms and shit like i remember when my sister was there uh my sister was there for a year with my aunt and uncle you know, over here, we had the Confederacy, and you could buy Confederate shit anywhere or whatever. So I figured she could get me one of those uh, SS coats or something. <laughs> you know? <laughs> nope. Turns out, not at all. So uh, Nope. <laughs> yeah. No, you can get arrested for throwing up the Nazi salute there. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, you know, I, 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 get, I guess that's the way to do it. You know, cut that shit off and, and leave it in the, ba- in the past. Well, that made a that was actually not to get too off topic before we start our main theme here. Uh, that became a major legal issue for the WWE at one point because I don't know if you remember John Bradshaw Layfield. Mm-hmm. He is like you know their big heel for a while there, and when they're in Germany, he was healing it up to the crowd and threw up the fucking Ooh. Nazi salute at them. Um, so a bunch of people are like, "Hey, what the fuck was that?" And it was more he was taunting the German crowd. Mm-hmm. He almost got arrested. Like, it turned into a whole fucking debacle Wow! for him. Because it's like, no, that's illegal to do. It is illegal to own a Nazi flag. It's you know. Yeah, that's crazy. One more album that came out is the new album by Liquid Tension Experiment. And that's one of those um, Mike Portnoy bands. And this one, he's back with John Petrucci. And they have three albums. This is the third one. It's just called Three. And it's that heavy fucking prog. So if you're not into that kind of thing, you probably won't like it. But if you are into that th- into that type of stuff, this is like the highest level shit that there is. You know, so um, so if, you, if you're into that sort of thing, check it out because it's fucking badass. You know, the type of concerts that they do are kind of more... Just kind of, if you could sit down and just watch and just be amazed, that's ideally what to do, you know? Yeah, Liquid Tension Experiment, they're pretty fucking sick. Yeah, that's not the type of concert I like to go to, though. That's the kind of album I like to listen to. Right. But I don't like, we've talked about this before with guys like Buckethead, where it's like, I don't I don't even know what I'm supposed to do at a Buckethead show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, play that song where you're all fucking making weird noises with your weird (laughs) alien hands and shit you know it's like i can't even a lot of his shit it's not even songs and i've seen people that were pissed because they went and saw like a show at like a little club yeah and it's like i felt like i watched an hour and a half of a guy fucking warming up or something like yeah it's it's like i don't know what i just saw there because it's like he has this little 
beatbox thing that plays like the drum beat type of thing and then he plays to that and he's just all over the place just fucking it's like this one man jam session yeah and it's like there's no structure right he'll just fucking go off like he has a song i put that in like hard quotations called star wars and i thought oh he plays the star wars theme but it's just fucking noises it's supposed to sound like (laughs) droids and lasers and shit yeah (laughs) yeah if you're not if you're not like a guitar player or some kind of weird musician or into that type of shit yeah buckethead show is gonna be really fucking strange for you for sure for sure and one thing that there won't be at a Buckethead show or a Liquid Tension Experiment show is any party songs. Yeah, no shit. Yep. So <laughs> so we'll we're going to start with the party songs and you know, one of the things that I that I uh, tripped out on while I was, you know, doing this is that obviously there's certain bands that have more party songs than others, you know, party bands type of thing. Yeah. So obviously that we're going to have some of those on our list. I also kind of tried to go away from that a little bit. So I'm with it and not with it at the same time. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I could have just been like, my list could have just been like Van Halen one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like totally, totally could have been. Or 1984, like there's like Van Halen back in the day was a party band. That's why we right. liked them so much. Obviously, Poison is a party band. Yeah. Yep. Um, and some bands are more party than others, and some are you know they have a couple of party songs, but I wouldn't call them a party band. Right. But you, I wanted to limit it to one per band in my list there, when it's like obvious that kind of I feel encapsulates their their level of party mm-hmm. i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what i would i would kind of like to like encourage anyone who's you know in a band at at any at any uh level write a party song you know i mean it's it, it might go over great it might be the thing that that kicks you over the top you know and show like some other facet of the band you can't be fucking dead serious all the time i don't think and honestly a party song is harder to write than you would think. Oh, for sure. Because the corny line is right there. <laughs> you got to try yeah. hard not to cross it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard not to, you know. It's it's I it's easier to fucking talk about dragons and the realm and like you said then, you know, make people want to pump their fists yeah, and fucking totally. party and Totally. Because there's, you know, that's that fine line. You fuck up and you're in like, you know, you're just in whack territory. Exactly. Where everybody's like, these guys are trying to be like a cool party band, but they're fucking nerds. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm going to let you go ahead and start with your number five. I'm, mine aren't necessarily in order, but. Yeah. Actually, uh, let me, I was going to rattle off my, my uh, honorable mentions real okay. quick. Okay. Okay. And then we could go. I don't know if you had some honorable mentions. Oh, I have you a bunch. Yeah. So my honorable mentions. Speaking of, honestly, I think this this legitimately probably is on the wrong side of corny, but I figure since Andrew WK's entire thing is he's the party guy, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to give a little shout out to Party Hard. Like, right, right. <laughs> it's a fun song. It was like he basically wrote an entire album of like Bud Light commercials, right. But, you know, it's a fun song if you have it on. You're like, yeah, party hard, party hard. Like, but it's fucking stupid. I'm not a huge fan of his by any means. Yeah. 
And the one time I saw him, quote, live was when he was, op- quote, opening for Black Sabbath as a fucking party DJ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was whack. Uh, yeah. But my other little honorable mentions was Motorhead and Born to Raise Hell. There you go. And there's two versions of that song. What's funny is whenever I think of the song, I think of the, the version that was on Airheads, mm-hmm. that movie, because it has um, Ice-T does some guest vocals on it. I want to say the dude from Ugly Kid Joe does guest vocals on that version also. Hmm. But then there's also the album version that's just Motorhead. So I always think of the the Airheads version of it because it's got like guest vocals on it. So it feels like more of a party. And then... Uh, you know, Scorpions, Rocky Like a Hurricane is right. a good fist pumper. Yep. Those are my honorable mentions I wanted to throw in there that it didn't quite make my list, but Yeah. Those those are some of mine also. Um honorable mentions too, obviously. Uh Kiss is a party band, you know. The obvious ones, uh Rock and Roll All Night. There's um but there's a lot more. Like you said, Rocky Like a Hurricane and other Scorpions. One for me is Big City Nights. ACDC's got so many. You could go for uh, uh, You Shook Me All Night Long. You could go for, uh, to me, I love For Those About to Rock. Oh, for sure. Right? Judas. You got um, Living After Midnight's obvious, you know. And to me, for whatever reason, Breaking the Law is a party song, you know. Crazy Train. Crazy Train in the last, you know, last couple of years, they were played that shit at the stadium on kickoffs. Yankee Rose is a is a fucking great, you know, David Lee Roth's fucking party guy. I would give a little uh, love to Sebastian Bach in Youth Gone Wild. That's a, uh, that's a kind of a, you know, get you pumped up or whatever. Highway Star is a fucking oh, yeah. sick one. Uh, Louie Louie, the Motorhead version. Love it. And then a couple of more that you might not even really think of on the on the heavier side. I, lo- I love Madhouse by um, Anthrax. It's one of those when they play it, fucking the crowd fucking pumps up. And I don't know if this can qualify as a party song, but when fucking Slayer starts playing Raining Blood, it's like, a dark party, you know, it's fucking yeah. everybody fucking, <laughs> ah, and so, th- and so those are my honorable mentions on, yeah. uh, on that one. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. One that I almost put on my list. And then I also almost put on my honorable mentions was like enter Sandman mm-hmm. because you know, it's like, it's Metallica. I don't think of Metallica as a party band for the most part. Right. But people love to fucking sing along with enter Sandman when that shit's, pumping um, and it has that build up dun, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 dun. yep it has that yep but uh th- well you know the funny thing is though when you think of metallica too like their first album was a little more of a party album well especially because for metallica because it's a lot of just songs about how rad metal is yeah <laughs> so. yeah totally totally and uh there's one of those on my list oh there we go yes indeed so uh i'm gonna go with my number five here for the list proper uh, my my number five entry is Twisted Sister. I want to rock. I want to rock. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. <laughs> I want to rock.
it was tight. It was very close between that and we're not going to take it. They're both good party songs. Right. But I feel like I want to rock is, I mean, it's pretty fucking straightforward. I want to rock. <laughs> That's a very party sentiment. You know, it's, you, yeah. Ain't nobody going to be mad when I want to rock comes on. Right. Right. And they did, they did rock it when those songs came on in, uh, in live. They're, they're fucking, they kick ass live and those songs kick ass live. Um, yeah, man, uh, I Wanna Rock is, you know, it's one of those things with, with Twisted Sister was like where, you know, I don't know, man, I was young when they came out, you know, I was trying to be like super cool and they looked like that, you know, <laughs> it was, it was hard to fucking, you know, but when I saw them live, man, they were a heavy band and, and they rocked it. So, you know, hell yeah, Twisted Sister. That's cool. All right. So since you went corny first, I'm going to go corny first. <laughs> and um, and I think mine is cornier than yours. Because I went with Come On, Feel the Noise. Come on, feel the noise. Girls, rock your voice. We'll get wild, wild, wild. Wild, wild, wild. So you think I got an evil mind? I tell you, honey. So I would come on feel the noise because like I gave Quiet Riot like really extra chances because I knew the history of the band. It was Randy's old band. I love Randy. You know, uh, they they the album was fucking a number one album. You know, I think I fucking knocked Thriller off the top or whatever it was. So, you know, I'm not the only one that liked it. And, you know, I liked uh, Carlos Cavazzo. He was kind of like. Randy Light, you know, I, he, he took up a lot of the same qualities and... And that song was like, you know, the chicks dug that song. It was a thing. And that's really what was like the most disappointing when I saw that version of Quiet Riot, that the Jizzy Pearl version or whatever, was that, you know, I figured, okay, at least 
there's going to be like three or four songs that everyone's going to get into and that Lonnie will get into because, you know, it's party songs and, you know, and she's, you know, good vibes chick and it's going to be fucking. But those songs didn't even sound like the fucking songs. They didn't capture even the party vibe that the band used to be about. So that was like really the most disappointing thing about that. And, you know, yeah. So as corny as it might sound, come on, feel the noise made by list. It almost made mine. Uh, <laughs> I was back and <laughs> forth on it. Uh, but I know you like to clown on quiet, Riot A little bit and how they're kind of phony. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were also the first metal band to have a number one album. Mm-hmm. So they're very important to the history of metal and popularizing it. They're a good, you know, entry level band for probably a lot of people during that era. Um, totally. And then they just have this oversized impact on metal in general because, you know, yeah, they got big after Randy left. Mm hmm. But half of the original band ended up in Ozzy's band, mm-hmm. basically. So you kind of got had a lot of the uh, blueprint for you know the original Quiet Riot in Ozzy's solo band mm-hmm. when they went forward. You know, so at least live. So then it's like what you know, one way or another, some of these guys were going to be big regardless, mm-hmm. and. By having members leave Quiet Riot and then join Ozzy's band and blow up there, it kind of is just like they had their fingerprint on a lot of metal success of the early 80s mm-hmm. because of that. So mm-hmm. you got to kind of hand it to the band in general for that. And like I said, yeah, Come On, Feel the Noise was very close to making my list, but I was keeping it to five and I thought. I didn't want to take them all for myself. I thought you might want to bring them up. So mm-hmm. that's why. Yeah. So it got close. But uh, for my number four now, you talked about ACDC already as, you know, how many party songs they have. I decided to go with Highway to Hell for that because mm-hmm. it's, you know, another one of those big songs that you can pump your fist to at a party and just, you know, you don't have to fucking know words or be able to sing good. You, anybody can get fucked up and be like, "Highway to hell," you know. It's yeah, it's that's kind of a, that feels like their most party song to me. Right. 
Also, too, because Bon Scott was the party animal of of the band, it makes sense that you would pick a Bon Scott song well, yeah, he, because he like he partied to death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he personified that shit, he, and especially personified Highway to Hell. So yeah, man, badass song. Yeah, like you said, everybody. I think everybody recognizes the riff right away, and and jumps to their feet. Because, you know, what else are you going to do? It's fucking Highway to Hell. I also always uh, associate, I think we've talked about this before, with WWF at the time when that was the uh, SummerSlam 1998, I want to say, was the Highway to Hell. So there's all these promos with Highway to Hell in it. And it's like, so me and my friends used to joke about after the fact for years, like anytime that song came on like picturing like stone cold steve austin and undertaker walking out of mm-hmm. fire at each other and shit like that so it really stuck so that's another thing about acdc songs man they can lend themselves to a lot of applications your party song wrestling promo song song for commercials shit and and there's a lot of riffs on um commercial songs that are like well, that's one note away from this ACDC riff or that one mm-hmm. or whatever. So they do that shit all the time to to, uh, to ACDC. All right. For my next one, I'm going with Kiss. And, of course, like, you know, Kiss has, you know, Rock and Roll Night. Even for some people, I was made for loving you, whatever, whatever it is. But for me, being an ace dude, it's cold gin. And, you know, we're going to hand the microphone over to Ace Freely. So, yeah, that makes me fucking happy when I hear that shit. <laughs> so, yeah, man, and, and, and being an old drunk, you know, I'm with the sentiment, you know. Gin was not my thing, but I'm right there with you. And if gin was all there was, then that's what we're drinking, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I love the song. It's it's also, uh, and, you know, I'm talking about the, um, basically, the live version, you know. And, of course, Ace's solo, fucking A, you know, it, it's a... Uh, uh, it's a party to me. So yeah, cold gin.
I did think it was funny that when they wrote that, when Ace wrote that shit, that was during that time period where he was afraid to sing live. And uh, mm-hmm. Gene ended up being the one singing that shit. And uh, the, the one that always claims he's never been drunk is the one singing, right. you know, about the cheapest stuff is all I need, you know. Yeah. I was like, ooh, fuck, I've been there, man. And you're just. Right. It's like, name it. What's your favorite <laughs> brand of fucking vodka? Like, I don't know, Albertsons? Like, Fleischmann's? <laughs> uh, but, uh. Eek. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's kind of a trip. Oh, that's something we should have brought up in Metal News, even though it wasn't news. We come across the fact that uh, a God of Thunder was originally a Paul song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he wanted to sing it. And, uh, yeah. And we didn't realize that until uh, you came across that shit. You're like, whoa, what the fuck? And yeah. The, the tempo was upbeat and it was kind of cool and it had those disco drums. Right. Yeah, totally different, totally different song. Yeah, but then they have those fucking whack-ass backing vocals on it that were hilarious. But yeah, it was almost, it was cool, but it like, it worked for him, but also didn't. Right. Yep. So, let's get back to my party songs here. Uh, Talk Dirty to Me, Poison. That's there, you know. Poison, like the, every poison song, is a party song, just about, except for like every rose has its thorn. Right. I'm not huge on poison. Clearly, we've discussed this when we did our hair metal episode. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. That's got a fucking that the that riff, fucking, it's catchy as shit. Yeah. It's a fun song. I've I've learned to appreciate what Poison was doing a little bit more as I got older. Because mm-hmm. at the time, I wasn't there at the time, and then. When you got older, the fucking general consensus was, oh, all that hair metal stuff was stupid and gay. And mm-hmm. once Nirvana showed up, they rightfully just killed all these bands. And it's like, eh. In retrospect, man, like, yeah, there was a lot of bands out there that was more look than substance. And that was a huge problem. But there was a lot of bands that were pretty fucking talented that got lumped into this shit that kind of had their careers destroyed when the fad was over 
that probably right. didn't deserve it. And, you know, Poison still managed to stick around. They never got to be as popular again as they once were, but they were able to survive for a little while and make some money. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. there's a lot of really talented musicians in a lot of those bands that just because they had big hair in the 80s, everybody's like, fuck them, lame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Right, right, yeah. That's true. Man, you know, uh, of course, we've talked about it a lot of times, and I saw Poison really, really early on, like before they had a record or anything, and they already were fucking, like, one of the best party bands that I had ever seen. And I saw them in a warehouse, you know? So it was fucking, I could, that's what made me kind of know, like, these fuckers are going to be stars, one, you know, one way or the other. So, um, so, yeah, I liked them, you know, on my long list, uh, Talk Dirty to Me was on there. I Want Action was on there. And yeah, man, it's just, it's one of those things where if you're in the front row for these, uh, for one of these songs, you're going to be fucking high-fiving Brett Michaels because it's fucking, you're going to be fucking pumped up. It's just like, if you're not, it's almost like, dude, like, you know, you must just not be a party guy or yeah. something because you can't get in the vibe or whatever. So yeah, definitely, man. I could see, I could see where you're going with that. Yeah, and you know what? The the cool thing is that those those songs still kind of hold up because they're you know they're they're tight you know pop rock songs you know so so they're still they're still good today you know um, we watched this thing uh, where uh, it was Brett Michaels something about Brett Michaels and he played the songs with his band or with like his own uh, band or whatever and it was still good man he could still fucking perform and. I was pretty impressed with it. Even Lonnie was impressed with it. And uh, she had already formed a negative opinion of him from like Rock of Love or something. Uh. Where she's like, who's that dork with the fucking bandana, you know, or whatever, whatever. And I'm like, nah, you gotta, you know, he's pretty good. Just, you know, you gotta. So then she saw him perform and she was like, okay, he's all right. Yeah, I mean, especially since when you look at, you know, other dudes from that era, you know, the dude from Warrant got all fat and then killed himself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. vince neal got all fat and can't sing anymore uh which i don't need to harp on that too much it was it was funny because i almost forgot that we uh on that last episode that we're <laughs> we threw that shit in there with vince neal yeah. just fucking up all the words to kickstart my heart yeah but uh <laughs> Oof. you look at all them other dudes from that area that no a lot of them got fat and lame or just they can't go anymore, and Poison, they kept themselves in good shape. Yeah, they're in their fucking 50s and shit, but they look fine mm-hmm. for their age. Um, mm-hmm. And they can still perform. Like, Sebastian Bach, people make fun of him all the time for looking like someone's fucking aunt now, but, like, he, mm-hmm. he still has his pipes, you oh, know? Yeah. And Brett, oh, yeah. Brett was never the best singer, but he's a good performer, and he didn't lose that. Yeah, he's got that fucking bandana, and we all know that he's fucking bald underneath that shit, but... Yeah, um, yeah. It's just like he can still do his thing and still can still put on a close approximation of the good old days. Whereas there's some other right. bands like Motley Crue where it's like you got a fat guy that can't sing anymore and a fucking skeleton that can't move. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, we're, we're sliding into mine just perfect here. You got some crew I, coming up? <laughs> I, I have a disclaimer, okay? Sometimes when a band, co- when you're there at the time, right? And then a band comes out and it's just like a, a EP or a, or a short album or whatever. And you get a taste of the band and you get a look at the band and whatever. 
and you kind of think to yourself where this is going to go from here, you know, and you know, you think, well, yeah, obviously, logically, this is what this is what it's going to be. And I really like this. And if they build on this, then they're going to be badass. And for me, that song was Livewire. Because I heard that fucking song. It's got the fucking energy. I was just like, yeah, fuck yeah. You know, and and their look then was kind of more just like street dudes, you know, or whatever. With a little bit of makeup and shit. But it was not as fucking... I didn't see them going where they ultimately went. Is what I'm saying. And I thought it was going to be a whole different thing. And I thought... Live Wire was the beginning of it. And it was a song that got me pumped up, you know, when I was fucking 17 or 18 or whatever it was. And fuck yeah, man. I wanted to fucking, I wanted to go see Motley Crue. I bought fucking uh, Shout at the Devil as soon as it came out, you know, and then fucking opened it. And I was like, oh, now this is already changing, you know, but I still kind of liked it. And then by the next album, I was just like, oh, fuck this, you know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, at first, man, Motley Crue, fuck yeah, Live Wire. I thought they were going to be like one of the next great hard rock bands. Yeah, man. Um, I know a lot of people that are on the same wavelength as you on that. Even guys my age that, you know, the, when Motley Crue was a fucking joke also to a lot of us um, in high mm-hmm. school and shit like that. But I know a lot of dudes that swear by the first two crew albums. Mm-hmm. Are like, no, those are fucking good. Mm-hmm. And then they went more into the. It's interesting because they came, they were they they hit way before. I, well, I, I guess way before is fucking relative. But before all these other Sunset Strip dudes, like mm-hmm. Poison and everything, because mm-hmm. yeah, Too Fast for Love um, came out in fucking eighty one. You know. Mm-hmm, shout mm-hmm. out the shout out the devil was 83 mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people like when you start thinking of like when hair metal really blew up you're thinking more like 85 86 right all the way up until around 1990 or so so they were kind of ahead of the curve on there and yeah their look it was closer to kiss than it was you know mm-hmm. um right what they ended up looking like because you like you said they, they had all the leather and all that yeah and maybe they had a little bit of makeup, and, but they have like the studs and shit like that. So it's kind of like, yeah. you know, a little bit of priest in there. And then uh, and then they all of a sudden they're in like purple spandex and shit like that. And kind of they went from black to pink. Yeah. Then they hit. Yeah. That was around theater of pain or so was. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so right around that point, I could see where that's when. Yeah. Home Sweet Home was the big power ballad from them and it that took them right they went in that more glammy direction right so i can give you that i can give you like you know i've listened to the first couple and they're all right they're still not my favorite thing in the world but at the time if that was all i'd known from them i'd probably oh this is pretty cool it's kind of like you know the first time i heard queen's reich and i heard queen of the reich i was like oh man Mm -hmm. this band's sick and then like i have i don't like almost anything queen's reich's done aside from that first you know lp and then the shit with the newer singer i checked out and it sounds more like that but they got right. they immediately went to that weird prog direction i didn't really like yeah oh also as it as a uh as, as an aside to the um, motley crew when i was at sweetwater there was this cute little filipino girl named amanda penaflor and she had long straight black hair 
Mm-hmm. And she would wear that that uh, black um, Motley Crue bandana that had the pentagram in the middle. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa. So, yeah, that, that kind of made me, like, you know, kind of pump up the fact that I like Motley Crue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I could kind of, you know, whatever. I never got with her, but anyways, shout out. What's up, Amanda? 30 years later, you go and fucking hunt down a half Filipino chick that <laughs> likes metal. Like, I, I, I see you. <laughs> yeah. I dated your niece, bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. No shit. Um, <laughs> All right. Anywho, my next <laughs> my next one is uh, uh, Paradise City from Guns N' Roses and GNR. Their first album was a pretty good party one in general. They very quickly went away from that, like there's you know, because then they had like an all acoustic LP, and then Axl Rose went crazy and released a double album that has like maybe three songs you actually want to listen to on it. But mm-hmm. between it, but you know, Appetite is fucking pretty fun and badass, but uh, Paradise City, that for people around my age especially, that has a bit of a like party vibe because there's that movie uh, Can't Hardly Wait that mm-hmm. came out in like 1998 or 99, and it's you know it's a high school movie, so it was like you know supposed to be people my age and they're having their last big party you know of the you know of senior year and you know paradise city comes on and the fucking nerd that ended up at the party is like i know this song and he like has this whole big scene where he fucking grabs a microphone and starts singing paradise city and everybody's like now the nerd's cool to everyone <laughs> right right thing. suddenly yeah and they pl- <laughs> and they played paradise city I, I don't know if it was because of that movie but that shit got played at like pep rallies all the time like my around my senior year at high school that was always right. playing. That was kind of like their, that was like them trying to throw a bone to like the rocker kids, I think. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us were like, fuck Guns N' Roses. But I'm like, I don't know, man. This, this Paradise City is pretty fucking sick. Yeah. It's got one of my favorite just bass lines in it when it kind of, when the tempo picks up towards the end. Oh, yeah. And oh, just yeah. the bass on that whole last, you know, coda of it is just fucking insane. Totally. Yeah, it, 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 that song, is, it's got a lot of drive to it. It's got a lot of um, signature parts in it, you know. And then, like, the title is such a fucking great title. I mean, that could be the name of a book or the name of a movie or, you know. It could be, like, it could be the name of so many things. 
as it turns out, you know, it's it's one of their biggest songs. And yeah, man, you know, I dig it. And like you said, um, I wasn't that big on Guns N' Roses, but that first album kicks ass by any measure, you know? So yeah, uh, and Slash has his moments on, on that shit too. So definitely Paradise City. For my next one, I'm going a little uh, off the fucking party path, sort of. But you actually fucking mentioned that that you were uh, that you kind of saw it that way too. So for me, Whiplash Metallica is fucking the get up fucking song, and especially back then because we there was really nothing that I mean that we knew of that was like that. You know, he's acting like a maniac. Whiplash, you know, it was, fucking, it was uh, intense, you know, and it got your blood pumping, man, and that's, you know, that's what we were into at that time, so definitely for me, um, Whiplash, and like you said, that, that whole first album is is of that ilk, but to me, that's the song that stands out. Yeah. Whiplash is probably my second favorite Metallica song after, like, Creeping Death. Mm-hmm. I, it's one of those things where I like the version on Kill 'Em All. It is a very cool version, but on the live shit box set, 
the version of Whiplash that's on that from like the CD part from Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's so much more badass than the album version because the drums are fucking monstrous. Like you listen to that, and I go like, man. There's a time when Lars, like, I wouldn't say he's the best drummer in the world, mm-hmm. but I would not talk shit on his drumming on that. You know, it's fucking insane. And that's when they had um, Jason in the band for that. And they actually hand off the mic to Jason and he does most of the vocals in it. So it's like oh, wow. got this extra level of intensity. So I'll probably I don't know if you've checked that out before, but I'll I'll shoot you the YouTube link. You maybe throw that in as, you know the comparisons <laughs> you can yeah you can ch- chuck in both versions for people to listen to a little bit and s- see what i'm talking about right on get your dancing shoes on you know the words follow me motherfucker I think when we were going over our list, we ended up with the same number one song, didn't we? Well, we we uh, we did at at some point, but I yanked I yanked mines and and went a different direction. Okay, so you go ahead. Well, my number one is kind of the biggest gimme, especially if you've ever listened to our fucking podcast. Uh, but fucking Panama, <laughs> yeah, Van right. Halen, man, that's just the. It's not. Is it my favorite Van Halen song? No, we've established that's ain't talking about love. Um, right. And, you know, Unchained is up there quite a bit, too. Yeah. But, man, just Panama, it's played out a little bit. Man. You hear it on the radio all the time. So when it's on the radio, I'm not super stoked or anything. But when you're just like, if you're at a party and Panama comes on, I don't know. There's just something about that fucking guitar riff. That just puts a smile mm-hmm. on your face. And it's just like, it's the perfect song to have fucking blast at the barbecue or something, you know? You got right. You got your beer, maybe you're working the grill, 
you're by the pool or something and that fucking Panama, you know, you hit, you got the fucking, the, the, the fucking drum intro was trying to sound mm-hmm. like the fucking engines and shit. And mm-hmm. Then you hit a classic, classic, classic Eddie riff and it's fucking go time. So, yeah. And then when they hit the verse, if you've seen Van Halen or even the video, you can fucking picture fucking Eddie fucking smiling, jumping, doing the, doing his uh, side splits, and then Dave fucking doing his full fucking spread eagle fucking jumps and shit, and fucking everybody's, and fucking Michael Anthony doing his fucking spinning around or fucking falling around the floor or whatever yeah. the fuck he's doing. <laughs> it's fucking, you know, it's just like everybody's fucking in it, you know. And yeah, definitely. Funny thing is that that's not my favorite album, uh, but two of the songs that were on my long list are on that album, Panama and fucking Jump, because um, Jump is another fucking, it's just a feel-good song, you know? And like you said, a lot of times if you fucking, if you hear this song, you know, playing in the fucking dentist's office or some shit like that where you fucking, you know, it's just whatever. But if you turn that shit up, and fucking and get it to where you can fucking feel it a little bit, yeah, man. It, it takes you back to uh, to those feelings of uh, of of a of a party vibe, man, for sure. All right. All right. Now I decided to go in like a whole completely different direction here. It's a weird one too. Like you already did one like this too, with uh, or not really. You just uh, commented on my whiplash, but. I'm going to go with Paranoid, and I'm going to go with the Aussie Speak of the Devil version of Paranoid, because that was my first version, really. You know, it's like I had Speak of the Devil before I had Paranoid. So I fucking, uh, and I would fucking, it was on a cassette, and I would fucking rewind that shit and play it again, and rewind that shit and play it again, because it was just like so fucking, obviously there was a reason that they were closing the show with it, you know. Um, there, there was a reason that Sabbath closed has closed their show with it for the last twenty years at least, 
and Ozzy also. It's just fucking energetic, man. The way it fucking chugs along and the way it fucking, you know, and it, which is funny because it's about like mental illness or whatever. Yeah. But it's just like, uh, you know, we're going to go for paranoid. <sighs> you know, and the fucking guitar goes, row, row, row. you know, and in this case, it was Brad Gillis who fucking really, man, I went back and listened to that album again. As a matter of fact, today I listened to Speak of the Devil and I listened to Quiet Riot Metal Health because I was debating, am I really going to put this fucking song on my list? Yeah. <laughs> so I've so I fucking was listening to that shit today, man, and Brad Gillis does an amazing job on that fucking on that album. And from what I um from what I gather through the research that I've done over over time, uh I've heard that Brad Gillis learned those songs by listening to the rehearsal tapes because they were already getting ready to do that album with Randy. And so, you know, those tapes, were, all the rehearsals were taped. So Brad Gillis, they were like, here, here's the tapes, learn the songs. So basically, he kind of learned the Randy version of those songs and then put his own shit on it. So the fucking, the, that version of Paranoid is like a couple of degrees away from Iomi and faster and fucking, you know, and, and more youthful. I don't know. And it's a great fucking song right from the beginning anyways. So definitely uh, Paranoid um, fucking party song to me. <laughs> I mean, I can see it. Uh, fucking A, man. Um, it's it's cool, like, picking that and then that specific version. Because um, I remember you uh, you hooked me up with the uh, Speak of the Devil concert, mm-hmm. which is completely different from the Speak of the Devil album. But, you know, Brad Gillis is on that also. And he fucking, mm-hmm. yeah, he fucking kills it on that. And they play some of the fucking Sabbath songs, but... You know, speak of the devil. the The record was all Sabbath shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, 
Whereas this mm-hmm. was, you know, Brad Gillis playing the Aussie shit too. And fucking talk about a hard job to fucking step into the way he did. And he fucking killed it. You know, it's, yeah. uh, I understand why he didn't stick around for the long haul. I understand that he wanted, he had his own shit that he needed to get, get on with. Mm-hmm. But dude, Randy is such a unfollowable guitarist. It was I'd say one of the probably one of the better things that Brad Gillis was able to do because he comes in. He's not trying to play it like Randy. He's playing mm. all the shit like he plays it. And it's you really find out like, man, like this. motherfucker. I mean, he's fine in all his other shit, but you realize just the chops he has too, mm-hmm. playing with that. And then on top of that, by being that kind of transition guy, I feel like he made it easier for Jakey Lee to step into the role because they already had someone step in and do what's almost impossible. And now it's not, you know, Jake isn't the guy replacing Randy. He's the guy taking over from Brad, right? you know, and that kind of made it a little easier. And then, you know, yeah, Jake, you know, he's, he's his own dude. And he's like, but he's in that shredder, proto, you mm-hmm. know, that shredder mold. Whereas Brad wasn't necessarily a shredder, but he he shreds pretty fucking hard when he's with Ozzy. But that's not what I think of him as. So yeah. it made that whole transition to Jake that much uh, smoother, I think. Right. And, you know, Brad Gillis took, took the bullet for that because then, you know, Jake was able to be like loved, you know. And Brad never got the love. You know, he fucking got a lot of scorn, really, is what he, you know, even though, I mean, you know, for whatever reason. And of course, you know, of course he wasn't Randy. But, you know, yeah, absolutely. You know what, man? On a side note, because we've gotten to the end of of our list anyways, there's a weird fucking thing that happened because uh, Sharon Osbourne, was on fucking, you know, she's on one of those fucking shows, The View, or I don't know, one of those motherfuckers. And basically, um, she's taking up the stance that, uh, which I understand, because, you know, I have perspective and I can put myself in the in the shoes of others. But uh, she's taking up the, um, well, we're tired of you guys calling all of us racists. And, you know, not all of us are racist and you whatever, whatever, whatever. And you need to focus your people on the people that and leave the rest of us alone because we didn't do anything. That kind of shit. Right. Which is fine, you know, for her to have to, to say whatever the fuck she wants. But when I fucking was like looking at that shit on somebody's Facebook post and I was thinking to myself, you know, when Jake got that job, he was Jake Williams. Right, he was from San Diego. He's a fucking kind of fucking talk like a fucking surfer guy, you know. And Sharon decided to turn him into Jake E. Lee, right? But after Bruce Lee, who's Chinese, and dress him like a fucking samurai with a fucking uh, uh, rising sun fucking thing on his fucking arm and fucking you know um, makeup that made him look like fucking uh, fucking uh, Kabuki. <laughs> Right. And and I'm just thinking maybe she doesn't fucking see the fucking uh, irony in what she's saying now and what she thought was like the the move then. Right. I, I just I just like fucking I would really have liked for somebody to know that 
and throw it in her face. But unfortunately, you know, none of those yeah. broads on The View know nothing about no fucking Jakey e. Lee. But you know what? I'll, I Now I wanted to put it out there. So there, I put it out there. <laughs> so yeah. That is you know, so... Yeah, sure. I never even put that together that maybe like Jakey e. Lee was supposed to be like hinting at Bruce Lee or anything like that. But uh, man, that's fucking weird. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. Anytime, you know, there's this there's this thou doth protest too much thing from people all the time. Like, oh yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize that Jakey e. Lee was half Japanese, but uh, she was really playing into that half, I guess. <laughs> right? Yeah, but she but she didn't remember a Chinese guy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Whenever someone's like going on and on about like racist white people and shit like that like just shut the fuck up like <laughs> like is is it costs nothing <laughs> to just shut the fuck up like i know like me personally i know i've never you know held anybody down or said any fucking horrible racist shit about somebody or try you know anything like that mm. and so when people are talking about that kind of shit i it's enough for me to know that this doesn't apply to me and then i go about my business but too many people are just like no it's not all white people it's right. like yeah, shut the fuck up if they're not talking about you they're not talking about you why are you getting all bent out of shape right right so yeah you don't have to make a fucking hypothetical defense yeah because it's not it's not a thing for me, it's like, yeah, I'm a white guy. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, it's not something that I'm proud of. Right. It's not something I'm ashamed of. It's just, this, whatever, I'm a fucking white dude. Yeah, it is what uh, it is. I do know that there's going to be people out there that, um, depending on the circle I'm in, they're going to value my opinion more or less because of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. It's like... Um, uh, a uh, friend of mine, you know, you know, a friend of ours, a comic, Robert Timothy, he has a whole bit about that when they talk. He's talking about racism and he's saying, you know, when people of color are like, man, you don't even know how racist people are. And Robert's like, no, you don't know how racist people are. I am a blonde haired, blue eyed white guy that people think it's safe to say all the racist shit they don't say to anybody else. To. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, um, so there's times like that, but you know, there's times that people don't know who I am and I throw in my two cents about something mm-hmm. to, to them. I'm just some white guy that needs to shut the fuck up. Right. And I'm like, whatever, I'm not going to get into it with y'all. Like that happened when the black lives matter protests were going on. And that one cop, uh, that had killed, you know, that one cop a few years back that went on a killing spree. Mm-hmm. They're talking about like, well, you know what? He's so pissed about, like he was right. Chris Dorner was his name, and I think I made a little offhanded comment. I'm like, well, he's not exactly a hero either. Right. You know, he went, he was shooting innocent people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had I had some friends yeah, that no. were at Big Bear when he was at Big Bear. Uh, so, I, so I was like, oh, that's shit. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, we ain't cops. We're fine. Yeah. But I, all, my, all I said was, well, he wasn't exactly a hero either. And that just turned into a bunch of people being like, fuck you. You like white right. lives matter, motherfucker, like that kind of yeah. shit. Like, whoa, 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 let's back off yeah. that. Like the no, <laughs> like I'm like I'm a full supporter of Black Lives Matter and everything else, man. But it's like 
I was like, I just didn't think we need to lionize a guy that shot like a cop's daughter. Right. And that man, people, they're like, some of these people were like, man, fuck her. She's a cop's daughter. Right. Yeah, that's a bit much. And I I don't like cops. I hate cops. And that's a bit much. Yeah. You know, but they're basically saying like, fuck her. She may as well deserve to die. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, you are. And you all think I'm a crazy asshole. Like I just deleted my whole comment after that. And talked to my friend about it, and I said, "Look, man, uh, you were coming, you're jumping on my ass, and all your homies are jumping on my ass, and it's like I don't need to get fucking cancel cultured where some dumb asshole sends some shit to my work because I said a murderer was a murderer, right? <laughs> so I'm like, right, but because I was a white guy, they didn't know, right? They thought I maybe they're like, oh, what'd you vote for Trump? Like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh god, yeah, totally. So I'm like, I'm a disengaged but not once was i trying to defend all white people like right. i was like yo this let's all take a step back you know and you know homegirl was like well maybe you should just give them money i'm like what do you mean give them money <laughs> 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 that was her idea is like give people reparations oh, like shoot geez. them like 50 bucks or something if yeah. you piss off a black guy i'm oh, like yeah, no. 50 bucks. my wife's gonna kick the shit out of me if i start paying money to every person i piss off on the internet uh, yeah no shit uh give, give it everybody tips <laughs> <laughs> yeah fuck i gotta pay a thousand fucking dollars to that van halen group and oh that. jesus christ <laughs> man i did not know that so many people love billy squire it was like a lot of people still fucking they're down with the fucking squire for sure and and and, and all yeah. of a sudden the group loves sammy right the group was about hating Sammy at yeah. first, but all of a sudden, okay, you know, I guess, I guess it was because they took Eddie's side over Sammy's, but now that Eddie's dead, they don't have to anymore or whatever, you know. I guess. I have no idea. Well, they cha- it was when they changed the name of the group to not being a specific Roth era mm-hmm. Van Halen Van Halen group, so everybody was welcome. Right. And all the Sammy Hagar fans came in. And I don't have any beef with Sammy Hagar fans or anybody else. No. I thought I was just kind of being kind of funny. Right. Uh, I've said said that exact same thing on our podcast before Mm -hmm. where I said, you know, I feel like he would have been in the bargain bin with Billy Squire. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're like, well, you know, Billy Squire is worth $40 million. I'm like, yeah, he hasn't sold shit since like 1986 either. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, he's. Right. He made some wise investments, and that's great for him. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's an asshole. I just don't think he's relevant in music right. anymore. Right. But people want to take it all personal, like you're trying to get on the dude personally. And then, like, I was laughing because they were like, well, what have you ever accomplished? What are you? Who are you? You know, as if that has anything to do with anything. But I was laughing at the way you're going back and forth with them. It was fucking funny. <laughs> I was just having too much fun yeah. when yeah when I when I say uh, I got something in common with Billy Squire too I haven't charted since 1991 yeah either. for sure <laughs> that guy was pissed yeah well you've never charted <laughs> like, yeah well that's not that's not what that's not you know what I'm in like I'm not a musician right yeah totally like it's like yeah and fucking Billy Squire probably can't do his own fucking taxes so shut the fuck up there you like, go. There you go. You know, another thing I was thinking right now, I don't, again, you know, we, we kind of did politics at the beginning, now we're kind of doing a racial thing at the end, whatever. But this is kind of more music related because, although it is um, about racism, and that's that, uh, you know, for the longest time, you know, rock 
hard rock, heavy metal, whatever, was very, 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 very white. It still is, really. But, you know, later on, you know, we had Jakey Lee, and we have uh, Tom Araya, and we have, you know, a couple of fucking, you know, Mexicans here and there, and fucking, you know, Tracy G, a couple, you know, and it became like where... Oh, okay. Kirk, Kirk, yeah, you know, or <laughs> he looks Mexican anyway. Um, where well, it? I mean, he's Filipino. Oh, Filipino. Yeah. He looks like a little Mexican. Uh, yeah. But you know, but I've had I've had ladies come straight up to me and start speaking Tagalog. So I guess it's kind of a little blurry line there, or whatever. Because I've had yeah. people think I was you Filipino. Just look like you're, you're full Olympia. Yeah, full Olympia <laughs> for sure. That's for sure. But um, but really, you know, when I was fucking uh young and you know wanting to get in heavy metal bands and and stuff like that it was a little bit of an issue not so much here san diego obviously but um you know there it was uh heavy metal hard rock was and still probably is very image conscious you know very you want to have the right look you want you don't want to have you know you all want to dress a certain way or or your own way or whatever it is. And the look of the band is is a thing, you know. And a one time when we were going to get a black dude in our band, a black guitar player, um, Lenny really wanted him. As it turned out, he didn't want to join our band. But I wasn't sure, you know. I was like, you know, is, that, is this, you know, is this going to be right for the look? Is this the aesthetic going to be fucking, you know, whatever? I wasn't sure, you know. And so... It was a thing, even in my mind, it was a thing. So it was confusing, like when something traditionally looks a certain way to uh, be the one who's going to fucking change it up, you know. Uh, and then and then also we had they, we, there was a couple of black black metal bands, but they were all black. They were all black guys and it was their thing that they were a black metal yeah. band, you know. So race is kind of an issue in heavy metal, I think, in hard rock, you know, obviously less so, you know, you've got fucking uh, bands from Japan and you've got bands from South America and you've got, you know, all this shit now, but still in all, it is a a minority, a very, very huge minority of, of, of bands that are diverse or whatever. Um, now, to me, all that really matters is the music, you know, and if the music's sick, then I'm going to like the band. You know, but that's something that came after growing up. You know, when I was young, if I didn't like the way the band looked, that was pretty much it. <laughs> you know, that was it for Grim Reaper. When I see fucking, oh, no, this guy fucking looks retarded. I fucking, whatever, whatever. It kind of discounted <laughs> what it was, you know. So I guess as you grow, you grow and um, and realize things. But heavy metal and hard rock and this is still in the process of that you know i'm i'm not sure that image now is as important as it was in the video days or whatever but it still matters man it's still and and to me now the way i look at it is the same way but different in that i really you know somebody asked me the other day why why i didn't want to fucking be in a band now you know or whatever and i fucking said straight out man i'm old and i'm fat and I said, and if I fucking was in the audience and there's an old fat guy on the stage, I'm going to think it's probably funny. 
And if I'm going to go on stage and try to be funny, it's because I'm trying to be funny, not because I look funny to you, because I'm trying to fucking, you know, do this thing. (laughs) So, yeah, man, you know, in a way, it's still, there's still a lot of uh, nuances to it or whatever, but definitely I think that hard rock and heavy bells come a long way and, you know, probably got a little bit more ways to go, but it's cool and Another thing, too, is that if you go to a metal concert nowadays, it's way more diverse than it used to be. You know, it used to be very white crowds and whatever. And now, you know, now it's a but some more of a melting pot and fucking awesome that, you know, metal could be a catalyst for that. Good setup for our actual number one song. Cop killer. Yeah. Body count. (laughs) Yeah. The true uh, ultimate party song. That's the fucking end the party song right there. Right. They won a Grammy, right? I think. Yeah. I thought we talked about that on uh, the other episode. Oh, we did? But yeah, they did win a Grammy. Right. So, yeah, man. You know, there you go. Talk about fucking making strides. Definitely. Um, shit's shit's a changing. So, that's good. You know, I'm happy. All right. All right. <laughs> on that party note. <laughs> yeah, uh, we haven't really talked about what we're going to do next. At some point, we're going to do the, our Iomi episode. I want to do like um, top five, you know, bass players, top five, whatever, because I think we can get like, you know, some some that we agree on and some that we maybe don't or whatever. And, you know, maybe get like if we both do our top five, maybe three of them will be the same and yeah. and, and we'll be able to get 10 out of it or whatever. Um, but yeah, so... Until the next one, this is me, Big Frog. Meet Mike Castleberry. And we are out.